Thanks for listening to this Ave Maria radio podcast. Be sure to share it with your friends and family and across social media. Building the church so we can bless the nations. This is Ave Maria radio. I'm Al Cresta. There's a fascinating history to the rosary, not only its development and its use, but its extraordinary impact on the world of uh, nations. We're going to be talking about it with Father Donald Calloway. Uh, Father is a member of the Congregation of Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Before his conversion to Catholicism, he was a high school dropout who had been kicked out of a foreign country, institutionalized twice, thrown in jail multiple times. He's gone on to write uh, many uh, academic articles. He's the editor of two books and the author of seven, including No Turning Back, A Witness to Mercy, and Champions of the Rosary, The History and Heroes of a Spiritual Weapon. You can father, uh, follow Father's uh, uh, work at fathercalloway.com. That's Father, F-A-T-H-E-R, Calloway, C-A-L-L-O-W-A-Y. Father, good to have you back. Thanks. Yeah, thanks so much for having me back, Al. I really appreciate it. Well, let's uh, let's let's talk about something that uh, is often uh, skated over, and that is the origins uh, of the Rosary. How how did the devotion to the Rosary begin? What, what do we know about it? Yeah, well, of course, if we trace it all the way back to its very beginnings, you know, it, it begins really with the announcement of the angel to Our Lady at the Annunciation, "Hail, full of grace," and you know that's. The, the kind of the antecedents for what will become the rosary, mm-hmm. because the prayers have to be put together, of course. So throughout the first few centuries of the Church, the angelic salutation, the angel, what he says to Our Lady, and what St. Elizabeth says to Our Lady, it gets combined by the Church in her liturgy, and we get the Hail Mary prayer, the first part of the Hail Mary prayer. Mm-hmm. And things continue to develop um, up until the 13th century, so it was a long period of time. But in the 13th century specifically, according to Dominican tradition, Our Lady gave the rosary and its mysteries to St. Dominic uh, at a very difficult time in the Church, when the Church needed such a prayer. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, how, would it, how did it spread at that point, then? Did it get quick yeah. uh, distribution, or was it something that took a while to get rolling? Yeah, it, it, it took a while, because uh, you know, it was a very difficult time in St. Dominic's uh, era. He was combating a whole bunch of heresies right. that were in existence at that time. And then, unfortunately, in the 14th century, um, there was the Black Plague that hit Europe and literally killed one-third of the population of Europe. And estimates are that that was about 25 million people died yeah. in the 14th century. So people weren't really preoccupied with recording things during that century. They were worried about surviving. Um, and so we don't have a lot of documentation from the 14th century about the rosary, so it kind of went into a decrease at that moment. Hmm. Now, uh, I, I noticed in your book there's a section here that talks about the second half of the Hail Mary emerging in the 14th century uh, during this mm-hmm. plague period. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, yeah. I, um, You know, in my research on the rosary, I discovered that the second half, which is basically the intercessory aspect of the Hail Mary, where we ask the Mother of God, to intercede for us now and at the hour of our death. Mm-hmm. Well, Venerable Fulton Sheen says that that second half of the Hail Mary 
um, came out of a time of crisis when people were really fearful that they were going to die. And yeah. so during the Black Plague, it got developed, and it wouldn't be completely codified uh, until the 16th century with the Dominican Pope, Pius V, but it began to come into existence in the 14th century during the Black, Black Plague. Hmm. It's fascinating. Uh, I, I love the, uh, the interaction here between um, the, the needs uh, of God's people and the, uh, the adaptation of this devotion and prayer. Why is it called the Rosary? Yeah, well, you know, we, we know the rosary as a, a wreath of roses that we crown Our Lady's head with spiritual roses because she's our mother. Well, even before St. Dominic's time, that word rosarium in Latin uh, meant roses or even uh, like poems or a grouping together of writings. And so it began to transition to be known as that form of praying and giving Our Lady spiritual roses. And that, that came about uh, during the life of Dominic, St. Dominic, but it really grew stronger in the 14th and 15th century. Mm. Now, uh, what is the—is there, there a moment in the history of the Rosary which, in which it explodes, or was it, has mm. it been a steady growth? Yeah, it's, it's been a steady growth. It's definitely been times when it's gone under attack as well in times of persecution, uh, you know, during the French Revolution mm -hmm. and, and during the Protestant Rebellion and things like that. But there were also times when it really flourished. So with the great missionaries in the 16th century that went out to the four corners of the, of the planet, they took the rosary with them everywhere they went. So South America to Asia, you know, all over the place. And then and another explosion of rosary happened after the Lord's apparitions in the mid-19th century, because Our Lady came with a rosary in those apparitions, mm -hmm. and when St. Bernadette would pray the rosary, Our Lady would pray certain parts of it with her. She wouldn't pray the Hail Mary, of course, uh, or the part of the Our Father asking for forgiveness, but the Glory Be prayer, she would pray that with St. Bernadette, and that became dear to Catholics all around the world, and people just began to pray the rosary everywhere. So with these Marian apparitions of the 19th century, uh, does, this, it, does the rosary become increasingly popular? Is that when it begins its almost universal uh, um, uh, appreciation? Yeah, in many ways, because it was during that time also that the lost masterpieces of St. Louis de Montfort were discovered ah. uh, in a field in <laughs> France. Yeah. yeah, because, yeah, they were buried during the French Revolution uh, to protect them, really. And then also um, at the end of the 19th century, Pope Leo XIII wrote 11 encyclicals on the rosary. So it's just wow. it's incredible when you think of something yeah. like that. I mean, it's almost an encyclical every year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that, that, uh, you call him the Pope of the Rosary here. Um, right. Now, uh, we coming into the 20th century and increased secularization of Western society anyways, uh, mm -hmm. the Rosary continues to grow in popularity, at least among Catholics, it seems to me. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, very much so, especially, you know, with Our Lady of Fatima, and you have Our Lady of yeah. Bano and yeah. Burang, which are approved, and Our Lady came with rosaries in each one of those. And, and the last approved apparition of Fatima, October uh, 1917, Mary gave herself the title, the Lady of the Rosary. That's so right. very powerful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, how does the 21st century look in terms of the development of uh, devotion uh, to the rosary? 
Well, you know, it's it's incredible. We've had some incredible instances, of course, with John Paul II, St. John Paul II, giving us the Luminous Mysteries, which is in, an interesting thing because he's actually not the inventor of them. If, if, if right. people read the book, they'll, they'll discover it was actually St. George Preca in the 1940s and 50s who invented the Luminous Mysteries. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one reason why John Paul II beatified him in 2001, because in 2002, St. John Paul II would give us the Luminous Mysteries. So he knew what he was doing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then also, in December of 2014, a bishop in Nigeria claims to have had a vision where he saw Jesus give him a sword, literally a sword. And when the bishop went to take the sword from our Lord, it was transformed into a rosary. And Jesus said to his bishop, Boko Haram is gone, three times. Now, we know that Boko Haram is one of those radical militant groups that's right. doing horrible things. Mm. So have, have kidnapped over this. 200 young girls and... That's right. Uh, uh, trying to suppress any kind of uh, Western or Christian education. Yeah. That's right, exactly. Terrible, terrible. So heaven is speaking to us, and so this bishop now gives testimony of this, and people can see these videos on YouTube testifying that we need the, the rosary. It's the weapon that's proven itself through the last 800 years to combat, you know, things that are, that are attacking us. Hmm. Now, this... It seems as though the, the rosary is frequently used uh, at times of great peril and great attack. Can you tell us the story of Lepanto? Oh, let's do it on the other side of the break. <laughs> All right. <laughs> My sure. guest, uh, Father Donald Calloway, talking about uh, the history and heroes of the rosary. It's a book called Champions of the Rosary. It looks at the rosary as a spiritual weapon, and it's it's a it's historically fascinating, and of course, it's devotionally stimulating. We're going to con- continue on the other side of the break. And good afternoon, I'm Al Cresta. With me, Father Donald Calloway. He's author most recently of Champions of the Rosary, The History and Heroes of a Spiritual Weapon. Take us back um, to the 16th century and the rosary in battle. What about the um, Battle of Lepanto? Yeah, the the Battle of Lepanto was really a crucial battle, and, and many historians will say that it's the battle that really saved Western civilization from radical Islamic takeover. And there were many battles prior to that, um, the, the great siege of Malta, where, where uh, Ottoman Turks tried to capture that island and failed. But then in 1571, this battle happened in a bay near Greece, where the Pope at that time, a Dominican Pope, St. Pius V, um, called for all of Christendom to pray the rosary against this Islamic threat, and also formed a basically a, a naval fleet to go meet them head on. Well, they were out. The Christian fleet was outnumbered, and it was. It, it looks like it was going to be a slaughter, but the wind changed, and fog uh, worked in the favor of the Christian naval fleet, and they were able to win this decisive battle. And before the envoys could go back to Rome to tell the Pope, he received some kind of a vision, letting him know that they had won that victory through the Rosary. Mm-hmm. And so then the Pope made the feast, Our Lady of Victory. Yeah. 
mm-hmm. which over time then became Our Lady of the Rosary. So very, very fascinating. It is. It is. Now, would you say that the rosary is more, I mean, in America anyways, it was said that there was a diminishing of interest among American Catholics in the rosary immediately following the Second Vatican Council. I don't know if that's true or not, but at least that's what's often said. Uh, It seems to me, now anyways, that the rosary... uh, has, is back in full force. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. it seems to be almost expected that uh, serious right. Catholics will pray the rosary. So are we, are yeah. we back? Has uh, the rosary been revived in, among American Catholics? It has. I mean, I, th- I think there's a way to go. I mean, there's no doubt that from what was called the decadent decade from 1965 <laughs> to 1975, okay. there was definitely a, yeah, it was the decadent decade or the decade without Mary. That's what um, it's kind of known in the theological circles, hmm. because there was just a crisis there. Statues were taken out, devotions right. were ceased in many places, even seminaries. Sometimes yeah. men were discouraged from praying the rosary in the seminary chapel, which is crazy, but it, it I, happened. It, and, yeah, it's, it is amazing to think that. It is. It's, yeah. it's like telling a soldier at boot camp, you know, you're not going to be issued a weapon. It's, yeah. what kind of, it's nonsense, you know. Um, so Patrick Payton, the servant of God Patrick Payton, who was the great rosary promoter of the, of the 20th century and gathered millions to pray the rosary, he became so discouraged by this decrease in devotion to the rosary that he wrote a letter to Pope Paul VI begging him to make the rosary a liturgical prayer so that it could actually come back to the life of the Church. Well, obviously, that, that wasn't going to happen. It's not a liturgical prayer. But he, he the, we resulted in Paul VI writing the Marian uh, encyclical Marialis Cultus hmm. and talking about the importance of the rosary. And so after that, it started coming back and stronger. And then we got the pontificate of St. John Paul II, who two weeks into his pontificate told the whole world on radio the rosary is my favorite prayer. And wow. now we have what we have today as the fruit of that. Yeah. Yeah, that's, it's, it is amazing. What was the, I mean, I don't want to spend too much time on this, but I'm just curious, what was the rationale behind, mm-hmm. uh, you know, neglecting or downplaying or poo-pooing uh, rosary? Yeah, there, there was a, a couple things involved there. One would definitely be a false sense of ecumenism. So people thinking that, in order to bring churches together, they had to downgrade the Virgin Mary as a topic and anything associated with her. So the rosary kind of had to go. It was a false sense of ecumenism. Yeah. But then you had real radical ideas of feminism, which crept in, unfortunately, and people didn't want, you know, the handmaid of the Lord uh, and anything associated with her to be, you know, a central theme. And so they began to downgrade Our Lady and, and the rosary. Um, and then you had a lot of uh, what I would call historical critical type theologians that um, if, if, if it didn't meet their idea of Scripture study or how to interpret things, they didn't want anything to do with it. And sadly, that, a lot of those ideas crept in. Hmm. Now, what are some of the—you um, you have a, uh, a section here on promises of Our Lady to those who pray the Rosary. What are some of those promises? Yeah, Our Lady made these promises um, to St. Dominic and to Blessed Alan de la Roche, who was a Dominican who renewed the rosary after the Black Plague in the 14th century. Our Lady said that um, to those who promote the rosary, um, they will be given like signal graces 
um, which basically means that they will be shown special signs um, from heaven uh, of, you know, of blessing. Um, and then also Our Lady, you know, made promises that for those who promote the rosary, um, they will um, not suffer uh, a, you know, horrible death. Now, that's a, that sounds like a pretty good deal to me. Sure. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> right. <laughs> me up. <laughs> yeah. Um, who, who is the, I mean, this is one of those, I suppose it's somewhat subjective, but looking over the history of uh, the rosary, who's its greatest champion? Would it be St. Louis de Montfort? Yeah, in many ways, because he's, he's definitely the greatest author on, on the rosary um, because of the secret of the rosary, the book that he wrote. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have to say, one of my favorites, uh, and not a lot of people know about, is Blessed Bartolo Longo. Well, this guy, yeah, he was a satanic priest. He was ordained in a satanic cult uh, over a little over a hundred years ago, and had a radical conversion through the Rosary, and it built the largest, uh, the most famous basilica dedicated to the Rosary in Pompeii. And the last three popes have been there: John Paul II, Benedict XVI, and now Pope Francis have all been there. Really? And this guy's now a blessed. He's been raised to the altars. It's amazing. <laughs> This is, so this is an Italian. Uh, That's right. Yeah. Um, so I, actually, this is a new name to me. So I'm uh, kind of mm-hmm. scratching around here. No, he, <laughs> was he? He was raised Catholic and then fell away. That's correct. Yeah. He was raised Catholic and in a devout family, but then there was a very strong nationalistic movement in Naples at that time, about 100 years ago, and he fell prey to that, and he just abandoned Catholicism, and he started going to seances, and eventually got ordained into this satanic cult. Gee. And so yeah. when, he, when he reverts back to Catholicism, he becomes a, a third-order Dominican, and that puts That's him right. in line with St. Dominic and um, St. Louis de Montfort and the, uh, the championing of the rosary. That's correct, yeah. Okay. And when he was beatified, St. John Paul II called him, um, he called him the Apostle of the Rosary wow. for his times, and he, and he really was. Hmm. How do, what did he do? Did he write on it? Did he speak on it? What, what were his... He uh, did. You, you've got yeah, a list of both. his Rosary gems here, I just noticed. Uh, right, yeah. yeah. Well, he wrote on it, he spoke on it, he built this basilica around this famous image, um, of Our Lady giving the Rosary to St. Dominic. And from that image comes what's very famous now, called the 54-Day Rosary Novena. Mm-hmm. Um, that stems from Pompeii and from a little girl that was healed, and all that's in my book. But he also started works of mercy. He, he built centers for orphans and widows and a hospital. And he was just, he was, a, he was unbelievable in what he did after his conversion. Boy, this is somebody we should know more about. Uh... Here's a, yeah. just read a little quote from him that you include in the book. My only purpose in 33 years of service has been that of saving my soul and that of my brothers by spreading the most holy rosary. Uh, here's yeah. another. The rosary is a teacher of life, a teacher full of gentleness and love, where people beneath the gaze of Mary, almost without noticing, discover they are being slowly educated in preparation for the second life, that which is authentic life. For it is not destined to end in a very few years, but to go into unto eternity. Very good. Well, that's yeah, beautiful. Somebody, to, somebody to get familiar with. Um, now, I would think, in just in light of the trajectory of devotion to the Rosary, that 
we are probably entering into a period in which uh, the devotion to the Blessed Mother and, of course, the use of the rosary is going to grow uh, internationally because of the way the church has been expanding. And will the West, will the, uh, the church in Europe and North America uh, be leaders in uh, the spread of the rosary, or are we going to be uh, taught by these uh, new churches, uh, new Catholic parishes growing up in Africa? Yeah, I think, well, uh, you know, I think it's going to be a little of both, because, you know, like in the days of old, when the Irish, you know, basically evangelized the West, uh, uh, you know, the rosary was a big part of that. They, they're they the ones who are responsible for bringing about the family rosary, Um so I think that now, as we have a lot of emergence of Catholicism growing in countries like Africa and, and certain parts of Asia or, or even South America and Latin America, you know, they have a great love for the rosary. And I think that that's gonna, they're going to bring that with them wherever they go. Mm-hmm. And, and praise God for that. We, we need it. Now, you, you use the phrase rosary sword of Mary. Uh, can you elaborate mm-hmm. on that? Yeah, yeah, much like that bishop who had had that vision of our Lord giving him the sword. Mm -hmm. You know, I I think it's important for people to remember that when the rosary was founded, technically, in the 13th century and given to St. Dominic, it was a time of chivalry. It was a time of knights and swords and battles. And, you know, at that time, religious, when the mendicant orders were founded, meaning like the Franciscans and the Dominicans uh, and the Servites of Mary, they wore a rosary on the left side of their habit, because it was to signify the side that a knight would wear his sword on, and he would unsheathe it with his right hand and draw it out uh, as as a weapon. Well, that's what the rosary signifies, and that's why almost all religious wear it on their left, because it's meant to signify a spiritual sword that you, you know, you you unsheathe from that side. So that's important to remember, because... um, it's not only a way of crowning Mary with roses, but it is a weapon, like St. Yeah. Padre Pio says, it is a weapon in the spiritual life. Father, thanks so much. Uh, good being with you once again on this feast day of uh, the Blessed Mother's Nativity. And let me remind you again that Father Calloway's books are available in the online bookstore at AveMariaRadio.net. Now, coming up, uh, we also turn our attention to the Nativity of the Blessed Mother. It's her birthday today. Father David McConey with us telling us about the birth of history's most famous woman.